Hi everyone and welcome to episode 172 of Mighty White's podcast. Well, KC, there's no shame in being beaten by the best. But they didn't seem all that we were beaten by the best. <laughs> uh, how's things, KC? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, for uh, coming out of a weekend where Leeds got beat, pretty good. Because unfortunately, sometimes you, as my dad would say, sometimes you just got a knock. Uh, they were better than us. Yeah, if if we'd have <laughs> got something from that game, it would have been slightly harsh on Brighton, I'd say. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it was a little bit how we thought it would be based on the preview. Like we said, the formation is a bad matchup for us. They're very well organised. They play it well. And they did all of those things well. When we pressed, they were able to play around it. When we did manage to really box them in, they were able to counter quickly and go along towards Welbeck and he was, you know, stronger than our centre-backs and did well. We struggled to play our way out. They're, they're just a good side of Brighton. <laughs> yeah, and, and truth be told as well, they, they had a couple of very good chances as well. I think they had that header in the first half, didn't they? Where... Yeah, Webster from the uh, free kick out on the right. Yeah, where like, they got absolutely that. should have taken the lead. Yeah, uh, that was a good, they had lots of little chances in the first half, and then that one is a big one. And then in the second half, they had the one where Rodrigo had the stupid pot shot from 35 yards, and they immediately counted. And Solly March went clean through, Melier made a great save, and that was in amongst a few others. And I think it's fair to say that for an hour, we didn't lay a glove on them, did we? Mm. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, they were just they were just better than us, and that's fine. But then the one and not the one bit that annoyed me, other than the ref, yeah, the ref was shit, but I don't think that made any difference. After on the hour mark, Marsh brings on Sinistera for Dan James, and he brings on Mateus Click for Matt Locker. And that next five minutes was the one five minutes in the game where I could say we played quite well. We actually managed to get the football going a bit. We played some decent stuff. And then Allenson drives into the box, a stupid man who looks like a good left-back. We could have done with him. Uh, he sort of makes a tackle and it skews across to Sinistera, who, it depends which angle of replay you're looking at, because on one angle of the replay, it's the worst miss you've ever seen in your life. And on another angle of it, he was a bit unlucky. Where did you come down on Sinistera's miss, having just come on? Uh, I think in the immediacy of, of it, I was, you useless bastard, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you've broken your leg now, fantastic. Um, no, I, th- I think th- th- there's, the part you, there's the part you just scream, just go with your other leg. <laughs> just It just makes sense, but no. Um, I feel like he probably should have scored, but it, I think it was... Harder than it looked, but I still feel he probably should have scored. Yeah, the, whatever XG model Google uses, or it might have been a foot mob shortcut or something, but Josh Hobbs put it up and it had it at 0.99. It wasn't 0.99. <laughs> I was going to say that was, that was Brendan Aronson's. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Aronson against Chelsea, that was 0.99. This, I think, was probably like 0. 0.65, 0. 0.7, as in you really should score. But you can say what happened. I honestly think, having watched it back, I think it's a combination of he thinks he's going to get clattered and he thinks he's going to clatter the post. And I honestly think that 
as much as it, it sounds like I'm really having a go at him, but so, sometimes your brain just does this. I think he shit it a bit. Yeah. I think he thought, oh, no, I'm going to get injured, and his brain just stopped for a second, and he skewed it wide. But if you're in a game like this where you are, let's be honest, we're getting outplayed, and basically you could oh, probably man. go as far as you could probably go as far as saying you were getting battered. You know, mm. it, you get that massive, massive chance, and that's when you concede straight after, pretty much. Long ball up to Welbeck, he brings it down. Caicedo, Trossard, Trossard's in a really good position on edge of box, and. I th- I'm probably being slightly overly critical, but I did think it before we played the pass. Strout comes across way too far. He like it's, it's, there's it's a, the we've, we've already got two players in the middle, and he comes over and make it free, and Lee's goes out wide. And I know it's a, I think it's it's just because he's a centre back. I think he's gone ah danger shot, get in front of it. But I think if he doesn't take that extra couple of steps, he's probably all right because he nearly got there. Yeah, I, th- I think the issue is like like we've spoken about a number of times. It, it's it's just that case of a defender getting beaten and everyone else moving across, and it kind of just causes that little bit of chaos for us. Of like, say, Strauss now in that position of I I'm going to go here, and hmm. yeah, um, and then from there he's he's always sort of stretching to to block that shot, but yeah. Um, it's a good finish from Gross, to be fair to him. Like plays it across. And it needed th- it needed to be to be to beat Melier, who had a very good game. I think it's the it's the frustrating thing of this game is that whilst I don't think you could ever say we deserve to, to win the game, and, and there's an argument that we didn't deserve to get anything from the game. Well, we absolutely but, didn't. They were better team. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, there's an argument for it. <laughs> um, but at, at the same time. It's when you concede the goal like that, it, it's frustrating. Like the oh, result yeah. itself is fair, but you can be disappointed by by how we conceded. Yeah, that was I suppose the the difference with the Marsh style of football, which is, you know, probably a higher floor but a lower ceiling. We weren't good in this game and we got outplayed, but we were in it the whole time. And in the end, because I mentioned now. There's also Juventus' chance late on from Forshaw's free kick, which is also a very good chance. We ended up with two really big chances in a game where we're really outplayed. And you think back to the game last season at the Amex, where when we were under Bielsa, and even though we actually got a point out of that game, I'd argue that was that was actually worse. <laughs> like yeah. in terms of how badly outplayed we were, so it it sort of. I think it means that if we keep playing this way with a bit of chaos ball in the final third, I think it does mean that we will always get a chance or two, even if we're playing badly. Mm. I think I think that was the, the, the other frustration frustration from the game was that going forward, because we had the possession, it just seemed so many times in the final third it was just making the wrong decision with the ball yeah. or just the pass wasn't quite there. And I think I think you might have tweeted about it. It's kind of summed up by Gelhart having that effort from about 25, 30 yards that was blocked instead of playing it wide to I think it was Sinistera. Yeah, it we had seems to be in acres of space. 
it, that was the one that like made me tweet out about it because it was at the end and you're just it, pushing it, it, to get into it. But we've been not, doing it all game. Yeah, it's not to have a go at Gelhart for it because at, at that point, as you can't really blame someone entirely for having a go when you're trailing one nil in in what has been a frustrating game. But yeah, it's and it kind of we were kind of back to a little bit of Jack Harrison from last season that. The yeah. work is there, but the, the pass was always a yard or two in in the wrong place. Or yeah. I think um, I think you could say it about the the entire front yeah. four. I don't I don't think any of the front four had a good game. But mm. in fact, decision making thing. There was one where Aronson got played in sort of right side of the penalty area, and it's so clearly a shot. This, yes. it's <laughs> so. Yeah, like, he you just should pull, be confident man hit it, and he just pulls it back to nowhere, and to no one, and it's just. Like I, I didn't think any of the front four had a particularly good game. I didn't think Tyler Adams had a particularly good game either. Um, probably again because we ended up with most of the ball, but in our defensive third for a lot of it and stuff. It wasn't his sort of game. We just we just weren't on it. And that's fine. It's still seven seven points from four is still a good start. You know, it's, I, it's, we all it's... we all would have taken it before the kick off on first day. I mean that, that that's the thing that ultimately if you kind of shift the results around and say we beat Wolves and Southampton draw with Brighton and lost to Chelsea. Th- th- those those are quite <laughs> good results. Like, yeah, you'd you, think you, yeah, fine. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's the it's the drop points at Southampton and and losing to Brighton that's mod that's a little bit disappointing especially after you've uh, played Chelsea off the park. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's not really a great deal else to get into. They were just good. They were a good side. We weren't as best for beaters. It were worth more. It's sort of fine. The, you Even for the most part, even Twitter was quite reasonable about it. Mm. With the like, eh, it's, there was a couple of fucking, this is awful and we're definitely going to get relegated, which was a bit silly. But for the most part, it was pretty reasonable. Like there was some, I, I saw some people saying that you know Potter has just outmanaged Marsh on this, and I think that to an extent that's true. But I don't think Marsh actually did. A, it wasn't like against Southampton. I don't think Marsh particularly did something wrong in this game. I just don't think it worked. Yeah, and, and I think, and I thought I thought Marsh's post-match comments were, were pretty much bang on. That look, we are. Still a team that's that's working on this system, you know, as much as they tried to implement it last season, to to, to a degree, for the for the players that were there last season, it's still a relatively new concept playing it competitively, mm. and you're bedding in, you know, four new players as well. So you know you're gonna have you're gonna have days like this, but if if you're going to Brighton and you are in the game for 90 minutes and you come away with a 1-0 defeat, I don't, you know, it's not the worst result. Yeah, it, it happens. My main takeaway from it really was this game is why Leeds still need a striker. Yeah. Can't rely on Bamford to... being... Because I think, with the way they were set up, in order for us to get a foothold in that game, I think we needed an extra body in middle of midfield to go up against them because they had three. But we could not do that because we couldn't knock the ball long, really, and have it work. It wouldn't stick there. So we had to have 
the the four forward players. If you'd have taken out Aronson or probably James and moved Aronson to the right and brought on a centre mid, I don't think we could have pressed anymore. And we and you'd have just been the ball would have just kept coming back in the other way instead of losing it in midfield. We'd have lost it twenty yards further up. Whereas mm. if there is a Bamford type striker up there, you can put the two men cl- closer to him. And as much as it's not the best football in the world, you can play a percentage balls. But the, you, we couldn't play any of them against Brighton because we tried knocking the ball up to Rodrigo against Lewis Dunk. Guess what happened? Mm. Like it, it just and, that, it, and that's it, not a knock on Rodrigo at that point. And, and I know he had a quiet game, but again, as we said, the the passing in the final third wasn't always on. So even if he get yeah. into decent positions, the, the chances are in that game he wasn't getting on the ball in the best areas anyway. But yeah. as as we said before, against Dunk, Webster, and, and Veltman, it, it you know it's a fairly aerially strong team. Yeah. And defensively, anyway, because I noticed the commentary actually mentioned um, actually mentioned the lack of goals from set pieces that their their defense had just before Webster's header, I believe. Yeah. Um, again, uh, because I was working and I was watching it by the methods, I was watching it by my commentary. I'm not sure what they said. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so disappointing as well because obviously uh, the big talk was that Leeds have been because we are worldwide now um, like Titus O'Neill it's Leeds United worldwide and they put us on on the big boy channel in America they put us on NBC and mm-hmm. typical Leeds United shat the bed on the big one yeah yeah, that, that makes it the big one that yeah. <laughs> damn um, Yankees could do you reckon you could pick? Do you reckon you could pick out a man at match for us? Uh, I'm saying for us because, like, it was probably Pascal Gross, <laughs> but or, or maybe Caicedo was good too. But for us, I, I, if I was going to pick, is, he, flock, is there a flock of geese flying? There is a flock of geese going past, <laughs> and ducks fly together. That's the problem. Yeah, no, um, I'm just listening. At first, I thought. Is he got the squeakiest chair in the world? And then suddenly, like, no, that's geese. Probably Robin Cock. That like that's I, the name. I, that's the name I had as well. To be fair, like his, uh, the, the best you could say of any player for us on Saturday was he was steady away. Yeah. Like, and I don't think there was any of them particularly bad. We they just never got going. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, did you watch out of the twenty ones today? I did not. I was out during the twenty ones. I've seen. I've seen four of the five goals. Nah. Well, yeah. The first uh, Le- four. Uh, Leeds under twenty ones five. Nottingham Forest under twenty ones one. That really flattered Forest. Come from behind um, victory as well. Yeah. Uh, it was entirely Leeds the entire match, save for two chances that Forest had. One of them was after twelve minutes, and they went one nil up. The second one was like halfway through the second half. It was just all leads. Could they were just sat in banks and you couldn't break them down? Uh, Charlie Charlie Allen scored a equaliser just before half time, which was a little bit scuffy, but in the corner it was a decent finish. Second half, uh, they started to run away with it. Darko JB got his first goal, uh, shot from about thirty yards, struck all right, but it was a goalkeeping mistake. Sonny Perkins, really good finish for his. Alfie McCalmon, outstanding finish for his. And then Max Dean on his return, slide tackling the ball into the goal when the keeper misjudges it. So a good yeah. win. The main takeaway from this game, Alfie McCalmont played left back. Why aren't we signing a fucking left back? 
I was I was wondering about that because <laughs> when I saw the team, it obviously had him listed there, and I was like, "Is it Sean McGurk though?" And with rejig, think no. Okay, I then. thought I thought it might be Sutcliffe left back and Archie Gray right back because Archie Gray played the last twenty. He's <laughs> just playing deeper and deeper against Aston Villa in the previous twenty ones game. He played the last twenty minutes at right back. <laughs> the rate and he's dropping all... back. Right, he's dropping back there. He'll be in goal by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but you're probably no, quite good at it. Um, Mont's passing was fairly good, as you'd expect. But he is, I mean, like, he's not a left-back at all. He just... No, it's especially for the style of football that we play. It seems like a lot of running for Alfie McCalmont, who I'm not knocking his fitness at all, but bombing up and down the wing doesn't seem like his game. No, but it's almost like at this point he's got 60, you know, 50, 60 appearances of, of football league experience at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's, had two, he's had two seasons, hasn't he? I don't know how many games he played in those seasons. Was it Salford and Oldham he's, he's played for? Um, Oldham and Markham. And Markham I'll tell you what, I mean, his wiki, which you think is just starts, adds up to 58. So you really want far off. Uh, God, at Oldham, he got eight goals in them 32 games. I think like half of them were screamers as well. They yeah. just kept propping up every now and again. And he's a, you know, he, I was underselling it when I said before, when I think we were talking about it in the pub the other day, talking to our mate who was a Bradford fan, Mark Young, and saying mm. you should probably try and get Alfie McCallum Because uh, well, we were saying in the pub he's got two senior caps for Northern Ireland. We are wrong, he's got four. Oh. Um, Jason Middleton has a question that I think we'll talk about now, but want 21s. When do you think Perkins gets a first team chance? West Ham fans saying he'll get pissed off as he left them due to lack of opportunities. Uh, that does sound like why he went. And I think that there is a very decent chance that he'll be in the squad for the next League Cup game. He's got five goals in four, and he already has some first team experience at West Ham. Especially yeah. if if the rumoured Dan James to Spurs happens, that could bump him up by one as well. Yeah, because I was thinking about this earlier with, with Dan James. I, I think it creates more opportunities for both Somerville and Perkins. Mm. Um, although I will say, and, and we've, we've discussed at length how we feel about Dan James playing as a striker or, or as a 10. Um, but the only the only concern at this point is that we've, we've gone from a season where we lacked any senior players in most roles. I don't know, it won't be the case now, but it does take a, a senior player out of two being the sort of backup to two or three positions in the team. Yeah. Um, you know, now I know realistically, it's Sinistera was probably, or will probably be ahead of him within a couple of months, I reckon. Well, um, I mean, if, obviously... if, he's, if he's still there, that is, but um, I don't know. I don't blame Dan James if he wants to go to, to play first-team football. I don't know if he will go to Spurs. I, but... I'll tell you what, if he goes to Spurs, Ian, he'll be one of the five right-backs, right-wing-backs that they have. Hmm. Like, it, it seems an odd move, but, it, it, you know, if he ends up getting a pay rise out of it, like, I don't, I don't want to see him leave, but I don't think I'd be massively upset if he did. But I do yeah. fear we lose a bit of depth if he goes. For me, with the Dan James to Spurs rumours, it all depends on the money. Like, I mean, if they offered an upfront fee that was a decent upfront fee, 
I'd probably take it. If it's a loan with an obligation, I'd take it. If it's a loan with an option, I'm not sure I'd take it. Well, it's like it's slightly off off topic, but uh, Dubravka is going to to scum. Yeah. And that's a deal that is based on it will become permanent based on the number of games he plays. And I thought that's just a strange one for them because especially if it's league games, because it's gonna be I understand, I understand that he wants to go play football, but David De Gea is the number one there. Like Yeah, but I, if you I suppose if you are a neutral to English football like he probably is. Hmm. If you're gonna be sat on the bench either way, would you rather sit on the bench at Newcastle or at Scum? No, yeah. It now just, it, it just it, it just seemed an odd, but it seemed an odd deal on Newcastle's end to to wait it on appearances as so like thinking realistically because it will yeah. most likely be based on league appearances. That unless De, De Gea gets injured, it it doesn't seem like something that would that would come to fruition at all. Yeah, it is an odd one, but um, I will say I don't know how right it is, but a journalist that is very good on Paris, on PSV Eindhoven. Uh, has tweeted out quite recently that Cody Gakpo might be off to Southampton. Hmm. And if we lost Dan James and Gakpo went to Southampton, I think I'd be annoyed. <laughs> if he goes to Scum or Liverpool or something like that, well, fair enough, we can't do much about that. But if he goes to Southampton, I'll be pretty fucking fuming. Yeah. On top of a couple of the left-backs we seem to have not really gone in for at this point. Yeah. I... If I live to be a million, I won't understand how we haven't already signed a left-back this summer. And, you know, losing Dan James, I mean, it's we've already down one in that position as Ian Pervedo has joined Blackpool on the season-long loan. Yeah. It's, I, I, I still, it's been years. I still, say, I still say Ian, and it's Jan, isn't it? Because it's Jan Carlo Pervedo. It's Ian or Jan Carlo. <laughs> one or the other. Um, again, good luck to him. I, I think he might be in. The, he's in the last year of his contract, isn't he? So there's I no. So. so there's no obligation to buy or anything like that. I think he's just there for the season. Uh, it was confirmed that there was a recall clause in there, and I thought, sure, why not? Um, yeah, it's it's a weird one with Pavedi because I still I still think it's fair to say that there's a player in there. There, there, there is, but he's you know he'll be. 20, what, 21, coming up 22, I imagine. Um, um, I, think he's, I think he's 22. Uh, yeah, he is, 22. So, 23 in February. He needs, I mean, he needs to be getting minutes at this point because yeah. I know Bielsa brought him off the bench a, a few times, but I, I liked him in as much as he is very confident on the ball and is willing to take a man on, but there wasn't a lot of end product there. No, that's it, it, it was what a bit everyone had to say. It was a bit Hadi Sacco. Mm. Um, it was a little bit unlucky with that Blackburn loan move last year because mm. that was a good loan move. And so for him to get injured for basically the entire season. Like, I, I can't imagine this is going to be the best season for him because that Blackpool team, I think, are going to struggle. Haven't they just drawn the last three games, their last two games, three all? Because <laughs> one of them was the comeback against Burnley that knocked me out of the last man standing. Yeah, and then they drew three all against Bristol mm. City. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully he does well. We're not going to get any money for him either way. Although I suppose if he's under twenty, he's under twenty-four, so we might get something, but it'll be low. That's only that's only if we offer him a contract at the end of it, though. If I remember oh yeah, right. 
and we're not going to re-up his terms. No. Yeah, you're right. No, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, on to tomorrow night, Everton at home. I'm going to try and get through this without mentioning him. <laughs> so, Everton have been played a 3 4 3. Everything except the opening game against Chelsea, where they just stuck 10 behind ball and put Anthony Gordon up front. But for the yeah. three games since, 3 4 3, they've signed Connor Cody to go in the middle of that, which makes sense because he is good in a back three. He's just bad in a back four. Uh, so it'll be him, middle, Holgate on the right, Tarkovsky on the left. Uh, that Nathan Patterson that they got from Rangers has been playing right wing back. Mikolenko left wing back. They're both solid enough. That Onana in centre mid, the only game I've watched a lot of that wasn't just highlights was the game against Villa and Onana stood out a mile as their best player, having just signed. But playing him in centre mid with Alex Iwobi seems like a strange choice. Oh, what's his name? Sorry. What, Alex Iwobi? No, the other... Oh, you bastard. <laughs> you, you think I'm going to fall for that, Casey? <laughs> you think I'm going to fall for that? <laughs> It worked for Alan Shearer. You know what? If it wasn't for the former Ajax keeper, Onana, yeah. I probably would have fallen for it. But because of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They last game played uh, Dwight McNeil as like the centre forward and Gray and Gordon out wide. But they have since signed Neil Mopé, who hates us and always scores against us. And only three more goals this, per season. Yeah, so I would think that Morpé comes in to play up front as Calvert-Lewin's still out. Probably McNeil will just be on the bench, Graham Gordon out wide. Sign the one they call McNeil. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's a, a deep future armour cut there for you. Yeah. Uh, so they, aren't, they haven't had a great start. They've got two points, I think, from their four games. Sorry, uh, yeah, lost 1-0 to... The geese might be coming back. <laughs> Lost 1-0 um, to Chelsea, lost 2-1 at Villa, drew one all um, to Forest, and then got a one-all draw the way at Brentford at the weekend, where if you've watched the highlights, they got battered into the ground and drew one all. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I said to you guys, it, when it came to picking a replacement for, for Bamford in my fantasy team, the two I looked at were Roberto Firmino and Ivan Tony. And oh boy, I definitely chose Ivan Tony. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make that mistake. I didn't captain Salah. I did captain Gabriel Jesus when I had Haaland in the team, though. So yeah, that, well, there was um, <laughs> there was. I think the guy who got the, the highest score over the weekend. I think he triple captain Roberto Firmino. <laughs> <laughs> Probably lost. What was it? Lost the best two goals. Like God, it really paid off for him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, you look at Everton's team. And like, I mean, and Pickford, who most of the time is a good keeper, has the odd terrible game, but also has some world-beating games as well. He's a bit streaky. Mm. I, I think it's not a great team, is it? No, it's considering they've spent so much money. Like it, that team last season that was so heavily reliant on Anthony Gordon and Rich Allison. And now Rich Allison's gone. And, and Anthony not... Gordon might yet go. Yeah, I know, I know they said they haven't received a, a formal bid yet, but 
And, and honestly, like if, if he went to Chelsea, like I think he'd be mad because I don't think it'd be a good move for him. And I think it's a stupid move for Chelsea. But yeah, if they, want, if, the they want to, if they want to give you that much money, like mm. I mean, there was a rumor going round that they were going to pay all of that money and like Broher or Conor Gallagher. I, I mean, I if think you're playing Gallagher... Alex Awobi, if you if you're playing Alex Awobi in centre mid. And someone offers you Conor Gallagher, like <laughs> I, and I don't really think that Conor Gallagher suits them at the moment. And, like I don't think it works in that two call team. Now, I think that I, I think Gallagher will stay until the end of the transfer window, when Kovacic and Kante come back, mm. and then I think Palace will get him again. Like honestly, like I don't think, if not for injuries and suspensions, I don't think he's. The backup for that for either of those centre mid positions, um, as good as he is, and I, I don't think getting those two yellow cards, he got them yeah. in about especially about five minutes, didn't he? As well, it was yeah, and you couldn't argue with either of them. No, he tried. Well, he tried, he put his hands up at first after the second yellow card, and then kind of resigned to it. But, uh, no, like I say, looking at this, looking at this Everton team. Like, that's a front line. Anthony Gordon is a very good player. Dwight McNeil's not a striker. Damari Gray's good, but, mm. you know, he's he's at a certain level. Alex Iwobi's a centre mid. Like, he, that man's been moving around the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for Conte to bid for him to play a wing-back. <laughs> um, like, and the back three... Solid central defenders. Yeah, like and they've lost. I think after the season they'd had, Tarkovsky was a good signing. But yeah, like it, it, it doesn't worry me overly. We're going to lose no. two 0 now, but they were a bit unlucky because they lost Ben Godfrey to that injury, and he, as a wide center, as a wide center back in a three, could get really good if he got a good run of games. But mm. this will put him back. Um. Yeah, there's certainly nothing to fear. Now, in terms of this, the actual shape, it's back three again. But again, because it's two men in the middle, not three, it's more Chelsea shape than Brighton shape. Which, in theory, means we can push players on and really press them. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the four triple two sort of works with this because you've got... I know Holgate and, and Tarkovsky will talk in a bit more than kind of the graphic looks if you're on Google, but if you've got Rodrigo and I assume Aronson up yeah. there, unless anything develops with Dan James particularly quickly. Um, I wonder if this would be... I wonder if we're looking at Sinistera possibly starting this one. Uh, I was going to I was gonna bring it up shortly, but I was going to say I'm expect, I think that there'll be one change and I think Sinistera will start this one ahead of Dan James. Mm. So, yeah, which, which kind of makes sense. If you go him on the right, Harrison left, Aronson... Which also, I will say, it wouldn't shock me if it causes Harrison to flip to the other side. I don't think he will, but it wouldn't shock mm. me. I suppose then, yeah, they're both playing as inside forwards then, aren't yeah. they? Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that and and it sort of occupies two of the central defenders at, at any time then. Uh, you know, that way your ass man's not getting an, onto you about your midfield being overrun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 
we should be able to pretty much retain our shape for this one. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we just treat it like the Chelsea game and we just go out there and really have a go. Yeah. Um, but it does, because of the way their front three works, I would be ha having another one where, like the Chelsea game, I wouldn't be... I'd sort of tell Strauch and Christensen to not bomb on much. Yeah. Because otherwise I think we'll get done by diagonal balls for Gray and Anthony Gordon, especially Gordon. They love hitting him with a long ball. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think in terms of setup, it is very similar to the Chelsea game. Uh, and then all we've got... Oh, I've got to say for the last one, because I'm going to come on to predictions now. Uh, for the last one, neither of us got us bet. I got two points because I had us losing. Uh, what are your predictions and or, and if you've got one, you bet for this game? Uh, I, I'm I'm loving doing the podcasts the day before a game because you get the what odds paddy stuff, and I, I love I love a troll through there. Yeah, less <laughs> less long odds this time. Uh, so the bet I'm going to go with is Rodrigo yep. to score before uh, 1959, which I assume is the 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 actual time, not the game time. Yeah. So, so Rodrigo goal first twenty minutes. It'd be first fifteen. That's before eight o'clock essentially. It's, well, it kicks. Oh, well, so it, kicks it, it says score before nineteen fifty nine. So is that is that game time or is that? No, that's I, game time because it's an eight okay. o'clock kickoff. Oh, is it? It's eight? Nine, okay. Yeah, it's nineteen minutes fifty nine seconds. Oh, so lovely. Rodrigo oh, goal very first quick twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. What uh, price that, is it? that is twelve to one. Twelve to one. Uh, mine is a uh, little special on Skybet. Each team to have two shots on target in each half or more, four to one. Uh, and I'm going for a 3 1 win. Uh, I'm going to go with a 3 0 win. 3 0. Yeah, so current balances, KC is down to a fiver and minus 10. Okay. Yeah, um, it'll be. As I say, I really hope we can get some of this because this would be. If you don't win this, is it the first one all season where you're looking at it going, that's a shit result? Um, I'm not going to say if we don't win. I'm going to say if we lose, mm. I'd be very disappointed. I, I could live with the draw. I'd, I'd, I think I'd be annoyed, but I don't think I'd be as upset. Yeah, you see, I really do. I don't rate this side at all. And I'm going back to I'm going I'm going back to how I was in the first season. I'm, I'm going back to carefree. Take each result as it comes. It's fine. Not like last season's doom and gloom. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that will do us then. See, I've just managed to preview that entire Everton game. The preview is now done. All bets are off. It's fucking Frank Lampard. I hate that prick. <laughs> it's an awful manager he's not much better as a person fuck him <laughs> right uh, so yeah that will do us hopefully we can get a result and then uh, when's that when's our game at the actual, at the weekend is it just a standard... Saturday 3 o'clock and yep yeah, why does the Search function on this keeps switching back to Yahoo by itself. Really annoying. Oh, yeah. Uh, the scene of the Great Escape on Saturday, Brentford away. Three o'clock. Lovely. So, yeah, that's a tough game as well, so we really could do it. 
Um, so, yeah, that will do us unless you want to add, Casey. Well, I think we're all good. Nice one. Well, I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in Casey. Have, have a good one. In a bit.